jump, jump into what we're talking about this morning, and that is we've been in, in this series entitled God in the Dark. And what we've been doing in this series of God in the Dark is uncovering what I believe is a reality for many of us, and that is doubt and skepticism as it relates to our relationship with God. Now, I want to be very clear from up front, what I did not just say is doubt and skepticism as it relates to religion or an institution or a denomination or a stance or a pastor or a friend that you know and considers themselves a Christian. I'm saying as it relates to our relationship with God, because I believe it was relationship that Jesus died. It was relationship that God desires and loves and longs for with us. And that is actually what I want to really harp on because some of you grew up like I did. And when it came to church and doubt, that was not okay. When it came to God and doubt, those things were not okay. I grew up in a setting where you don't question God was the rhetoric. That was the norm. Some of you have probably grew up in that setting as well. So to be on stage and be talking about doubt, this is actually really liberating for me and to be a part of a church that's addressing a reality for many of us, if not all of us, as it relates to doubt and skepticism in our relationship with God. And not only is it doubt that we kind of want to talk about, I want to kind of put my cards on the table here. The angle that we're going to be taking throughout these next few weeks is not so much uncovering the doubt. It's going to be more so what I believe is the greater question, uncovering the roots that your doubt is in. Like, what foundation have you rooted your doubt in? What is the base? What is that, 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 that rock, that bedrock that you have put your skepticism in? And is that that I think that we want to uncover and unpack through a conversation? Because I think sometimes if we can look at that, by the end of this series, you might be stepping out of this and saying, I don't know if this is a sustainable foundation that I actually want my doubt to be rooted in. For this morning, my duty is going to be this angle right here, and the thesis for this morning, if you will, for some of you, is going to be this. Doubt was never intended to stop us from moving closer to the one who created us. See, I think sometimes doubt can start to linger and fester, and we begin to get in this cycle of doubt or just kind of drifting away and holding on to doubt due to a lack of inaction. And for me, I'm going to be encouraging you this morning to think about, is my doubt rooted in me not moving? And that's going to make sense in a little bit. But what I do know is a fact and can be true for many of us and is a factual truth for every single person in this room is that when doubt enters a situation, we stop. When doubt enters a situation, you stop. No matter what it is. Let me give you a few examples, just on a surface level, when doubt enters a situation and you stop. Some of you are possibly single or probably been on the dating scene before, and you come across that perfect date. You come across the amazing date. You know how it is. You got all dressed up. Everything is awesome. You get to meet this person. He smells good. His teeth are straight. He actually knows how to phrase a sentence. It's like, oh my goodness. From what I hear out there, the dating world for guys, I mean, for women, it can be kind of tough. So guys, it's kind of raised the bar, right? Like, it's kind of low. But all the things are going well. This is a perfect date. It is going so well. It has great conversation. He's ambitious. Things are moving in the direction that you want. And you begin to think to yourself, 
this is it. This could possibly be it. You got a smile on your face. You drive home. You go home. You got all the butterflies. You text your best friends. Oh, my God, girl, it is it. This is the one. I think this is going to be the thing. After all them bad relationships, this is going to be the one. I think this is it. I think this is going to be it. We'll continue to figure it out, possibly that. And as soon as you send the text to your friends, you get a text from that person. And they just screwed it all up. Maybe they said something to the extent that, I am so in love with you and can't wait to have your kids. And you're like, whoa, buddy. I don't know what, you don't know what I look like in the morning. You don't know if you love me. What are you saying? Maybe that wasn't the statement, right? But maybe it was something along those lines where everything was going well and they just screwed it all up. Maybe that's not the scenario where doubt entered in and you began to stop. Maybe doubt entered in when it, came, when it comes to even smaller things. I'm a California boy, come from Los Angeles. We aren't as progressive and environmentally clean as Colorado. So when I first got here to Colorado, I go to a local coffee shop, had a good coffee, everything was good. And then I walk out to throw my trash away and I'm faced with four different options. <laughs> and it's in that moment that doubt seeps in because I don't know what is what. And if you're an outsider, you're probably like me, where you put it in the wrong thing and somebody, did you just compost what is so supposed to be recyclable? And it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> because doubt has now entered in and you don't necessarily know if it's true anymore, and it's caused you to stop. I got one more example for you. You ever take that test for some of you college students? Maybe you can think back to taking that exam, and you know the book back and forth. They, you done studied flashcards. Everything is awesome. They can't stop you. And you walk into the classroom only to look at question number one, multiple choice, and you don't know any of them. Doubt has just entered in, and you're saying, is this statistics that I'm supposed to be taking, or is this law? I don't know which is which. This is interesting to me, but doubt has entered in. And when doubt enters into any situation, it can naturally cause us to stop moving, naturally cause us to pause. And I think that naturally, that's actually a good thing. You should stop when you get that text from that weird person who sent you, I love you, after the first date. You probably should stop when you're looking at an exam and trying to pause, wait a second, is this the right exam? Those things are good, but I do believe that there is one area that I believe doubt was never intended for us to stop moving. And I believe that is the area of faith. I grew up with a old school grandma. Her name was Ernestine. So you got one of them old school names. You're not going to hear a lot of Ernestines 15 years from now, right? Like, that's not the names in the baby book that you hear you should name your child these days. It's old school Ernestine. She's one of those down south matriarch, strong black women that grew up in Missouri. It was, I grew up with this woman named Ernestine, and we called her Queen Steen. That was her nickname because she had a presence about her. There was something awesome about her. She was so strong and it was just something about Queen Steen that just gravitated. It was something that would just be loved. Not only in the natural, but also when it came to her relationship with God. In her relationship with God, it was something so contagious. Even as a young person, I didn't know what it was and couldn't put my finger on it, but it was something about Queen Steen 
that made me wonder about the God that she was serving. One of the things that Queen Sting taught us when we were growing up was that when we entered into her house on her stool, right at the front door, she had this Bible. I'm not kidding about this big. And I remember flipping through it. It's a little bit dusty. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm just fascinated through the, about this book. One of the things that my grandma told us from a very early age was, baby, in the good times and in the bad times, you reach for that book. In the good times and in the bad, when things are going well and when things aren't going well, you reach for that book. When you want to and when you don't want to, when you're ready to read and when you're not ready to read, reach for that book. And I'm like, all right, Grandma, yeah, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Kind of brushed her off. But I remember having a season in my life where I began to stop. I was at this kind of like holding pattern, if you will, where it seemed like everything was just a cycle and I think maybe my Christian faith was just a phase. Like, it was cool, I went to church, everything was so awesome, but I don't know if that's what I'm ready to do or, you know, all that stuff, right? Questions, and now I'm facing this relationship at the time and it's going bad, and I'm just in this place where I'm at a standstill. Things weren't going the way that I wanted them to go, and I'm just in this place of wondering, is there this God? I don't know if I wanna be a part of that. It's not something that I like and don't like. And it's in this place that I begin to have the questions and doubt, and I begin to just stop. I stopped going to church. I begin to stop serving the place and the community that I was in. I was at this really interesting place, and for some reason, whatever my grandma told me, I reached for that book. And this wasn't the first time that I reached for it, but I've reached for it many times. And one of the things that was, kind of stood out to me this particular time was that the words made sense to me. I reached out for the book before. Sometimes it can be confusing. Sometimes it can be something I don't want to be in or whatever. But this time the words spoke to me. And it was this passage right here that I think is going to help guide us this morning because the doubt that we do have, I think should not be rested in the foundation of no movement. I read this book of James, this guy named James. He's actually Jesus' half-brother, and he wrote these words right here, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There was something fascinating about these words. For whatever reason, that was healing for me. Because it had God's presence and reach, but it also put responsibility on me. And it was in that moment that I began to wonder, maybe, just maybe, I'm not experiencing God's love the way that I want to or the way that I used to because of lack of movement. I have caused doubt and questions to keep me from taking steps. And because I'm at a standstill and at a pause right now, doubt is beginning to fester more and more. And I read these words and it's peaceful, but yet challenging. It's something that's encouraging, but it doesn't leave me where I am. It lets me know, listen, there's something that you got to do, Maurice. And this morning, my encouragement for you when it comes to doubt and skepticism, maybe, just maybe, there's something that you have to do. It's really weird, the language that is used here, because sometimes that can be construed, right? We can think about it in I begin to kind of think about this verse, I kind of think in a weird ways, right? I kind of think about this verse as that elementary kind of ninth grade relationship. Where you're sitting down like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Because we're sitting here with God and we're sitting here, no, 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 when you take the step. And God is like, no, when you take the step. And you're sitting here, no, 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 no. I'll be 
I'll follow you when I'm 100% certain. And God is like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Like, take this step. And it's in the step that we see who God is. Not just that. I think the language here when they say draw near to God, what I really love is that it's not an exact equation. And sometimes we're looking for so much certainty and control that we want to know it's on the 12th step that then it'll make sense. When you open up your Bible on the ninth time, then you will make, it'll make sense to you and you will begin to follow God. And I believe what James isn't telling us this morning and he's encouraging us to do is to move. There's something about movement towards the one who created us that I believe God wants us to really wrap our minds around. Because doubt is one thing, but don't let doubt be rooted in the foundation of no movement. Because doubt was never intended for us to stop moving closer to the one who created us. I think why this is such an important thing and why this be actually can become a problem in the area of faith is because many of you have stopped moving. Many of us have stopped moving. And because of doubt, you've stopped taking a step closer to God. You've actually stopped coming to church. For some of you, you look at, about, you look at our world and the injustice and the brokenness in our world, and you're saying there's definitely not a God if all this is taking place. And you've stopped. And even if there is a God and all this is that's taking place, I don't know if I want to follow him because I can see all this wrong in my world and it seems that he is so distant and doesn't speak. For some of you, you've stopped moving. You've stopped believing and you've doubted and you've stopped believing for that family member to come to know who Jesus is like you know who Jesus is. That person you used to pray for, that person that used to be a burden on your heart saying, I actually want this person to know this God that I know. But because of time, doubt starts to creep in and it calls you to stop. And you've stopped. I've stopped. You've doubted. And I've doubted. And currently stop and doubt. What's interesting to me and this walk of faith and this thing that we call a journey and a relationship is that not only have you and I stopped, not only have you and I doubted, but because of what grandma told me about picking up that book, I see that Jesus' closest friends stopped and doubted. Jesus' closest people who knew him the most stopped and doubted. And for you, you're like, yeah, that's fine, Maurice. But for me, that's actually really encouraging. That actually invites me into the text because I can see myself there. And if Jesus can do something for them, maybe, just maybe, there's something in this for me. This guy named Matthew, he's also part of Jesus' inner circle. He writes these words in this thing right here. It's awesome that in Matthew chapter 28, you can put that on the screens, we see these words that are spoken, and it's right before Jesus gives this big, what Christians would call, great commission. It says this right here, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, some worshiped, but some doubted. Some worshiped, but some doubted. This is the part where 
the end of chapter 28. The book closes after this. Jesus is done, per se, when it comes to all these things. These are his last words. And in Christian faith, we hold on to this because he gives this great equipping and a great empowerment saying, go into all the world. I have all authority, and I'm telling you to go. I'm giving it to you, letting you know, go into the world, love the world. And it's actually what Jesus does right after this verse that I'm fascinated by. Some worshiped, some doubted. And Jesus doesn't flinch at all at the ones who doubted. Some worshiped, some doubted, and he welcomes them both to him. Some worshiped and some doubted. And there are people in this room, maybe you're in the worship group or maybe you're in the doubter group, and God is saying, both of you, I'm here to give you both that clarion call. What is happening, what I really love about this, is that there is something that Jesus knows that we don't know. He, what he didn't do was separate the groups. What he didn't do was saying, okay, those of you who doubt, come on over here with me. You need another Bible study. You need another TED Talk. Let me tell you about myself. You need another conference. Let me tell you, come on, let me talk to you about who I am. Let me keep you close to me. Come on over. You need more time. He didn't separate the groups and say, they're a little bit more worshipy. Let them go over there. You guys come over here. He says, both of you, both of you, worshipers, doubters, come to me. And now that you're both here, I'm not going to flinch at your doubt. I'm actually going to tell you to go, son and daughter, whatever category you're in, I'm equipping you and calling you to go. Because I think what Jesus knows is that it's in our moving that it's in the steps that we take that we experience who he is. That it's in the drawing near to God that he draws near to us. In the moments when we're waiting on one side for certainty, when we're on the side and we're waiting for all questions to be answered, he's saying, go. Let me tell you what the faith community is not. The faith community of Christians is not a group of people who know everything. The faith community of Christians is not a group of people who are certain and have everything together and no questions and no doubt. Let me tell you what the faith community of Christians are supposed to be about. The faith community of Christians is supposed to be about a group of people who are on the move, who are taking steps. Because God, Jesus, in the moment says, worshipers, doubters, go. And we're sitting here, wait a minute, but I got doubts. And he's saying, go. And for some of you this morning, I think the word for you is go. As we're sitting here, we're thinking, but what about this? And what about that? And Jesus says, go. These are the people who are closest to him, who knew if he were at a Jesus birthday party and they asked, how well do you know me? They were able to get all the questions right. They seen Jesus work miracles. They seen Jesus do some amazing things, and yet they doubted. And what Jesus does is saying, I don't sweat your doubts. That's perfectly fine. Go. And I think it's in this moment what Jesus knows is that he has all authority, not your confusion. All power has been given to him, not your skepticism. 
I think what Jesus knows in this moment is that he knows and is powerful and he is greater than the doubts that we have. And he's not saying, no, 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 let me, let me come here, come, come close. I need you to stay with me because you can go into the world once you go to Bible study, once you have it together, once you read, and what, I need you to know the Psalms. I need you to know theology and systematic theology. And I, I need you to know well, why the Great Commission, know the Great Commission. I need you to know all these things. He doesn't say I need you to know. He says, go. Some doubted, some worshiped, and that category of people in this room right now. I believe what God is telling all of us is to take steps because it is in the steps that you will experience. The steps that we take are actually like magnets towards God, but we have a responsibility. Let us not have our doubt rooted in a lack of action. If you're going to doubt, that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to tell you to discourage you from not doubting, but don't let the foundation of your doubt be because you did not take a step. Don't let it be because you decided to stop moving. What I really want to get at in this, and I think will help me preach, it's going to be this clip in this video that I have to show you guys, but I've got to give you a quick little update on what that is. I'm a Marvel fan. And so if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, um, I actually really loved that movie. There's this scene that I want to show you about this young man. His name is Miles, and he's actually wrestling with this identity of, is he Spider-Man? I actually got to keep saying Spider-Man. Last service, I said Superman. Somebody came up to me and was like, bro, it's not Superman. My bad. <laughs> Spider-Man, he's wrestling with this identity. I don't know if, it, you know, they came up to him, that you are the Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man. And he's like, that, I'm just a regular Joe don't do that. Like, I'm, have my, I'm happy with my life. So he's going through this wrestling. He's starting to actually kind of see some things in him that's happening that, oh, maybe they might be right. Oh, crap. I think, that, I think they're, on, they're on to something. But he's still wrestling. He doesn't know. And in this clip, what happens is he starts to move in the direction of what Spider-Man would do. I want to show you this clip. Then I'll come back and we'll finish our service. Miles power with a blindfold on. Mom always asking, where did I go wrong? What's up, danger? What's up, danger? Now see this, this spark. It's amazing. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. Keep going. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Made of myself. They fit perfectly. In this moment, Miles is wrestling with all these things that's happening. He decides to put on the suit. 
If you watch the movie, he's kind of pacing back and forth, even with the suit on. He's putting on the suit, but he still doesn't quite know. He has the suit on, and he actually decides to put it on, cover his face, and climb all the way up to the top of a building. He's in this moment of still wondering, am I Spider-Man? I have no clue. So he's pacing back and forth. He gets to the top of this building. You can only imagine the nerves that he has. He's actually throwing himself into a place that has actually cost him something. He could actually die if he's not Spider-Man. He's wondering, am I Spider-Man? I don't know. He climbs up, puts the suit on, climbs to the top of the building. He gets all the way to the edge of the building And he has a question that I think many of us have in this room. He says, how will I know? Because Maurice, this is actually going to cost me something. How will I know if this is the route to go? How will I know if I should continue down this road of believing in the God that you have been talking about? How will I know? How will I know that this is not going to be something that I've seen on TV and it's going to wreck me and it's going to ostracize me for being who I am? How will I know that this is a place that I belong? How will I know that this is the community of people that I need to be a part of? How will I know? How will I know that your theology is not some theology that's going to be full of injustice and hatred and full of just like another cult down the street, like whatever? How will I know? And he gets to this place, and he's on the edge of that. And he asks the question, how will I know? And a voice comes in, and he says, Miles, you won't know until you take a leap of faith. And it's in that moment, his hands are pressed against the glass. And as he jumps, you can see the glass breaking. I think there's a part of Miles that was still holding on, but he jumped out into the unknown. He jumped out into drawing closer to that which he think he was. And it was in that moment that Miles is stepping into something that he didn't know fully. He wasn't all the way certain about. He didn't actually have it all together, but he took the leap of faith. And it was in the leap of faith that he comes alive of who he really is, and that is Spider-Man. And some of you still think I'm talking about Spider-Man, but I'm actually talking about you. I'm coming down the street, knocking on your door, letting you know you may not be Miles, and you may not be this guy that is trying to figure out if you're Spider-Man, but you're asking the question, how will I know? And if I could be that small voice that enters in and says, you won't ever know until you jump out into the place where you don't fully understand. What's fascinating to me is that he begins to act like Spider-Man before he knows that he's Spider-Man. And it's in the action that I believe that God is calling all of us this morning to step into when it comes to the doubts that we have. Hold them, but go. Because there were some that doubted and some that worshiped, and Jesus said, go. Son and daughter, I love you, go. And I think what Jesus knew is what James knew. And what James tells us is that it's when we draw near to God that he draws near to us. As the band makes their way up onto the stage, my encouragement for us this morning simply is this, that doubt was never intended to stop us from moving closer to the one who created us. Doubt is something that can be paralyzing. Doubt can be something 
that puts us in this holding pattern, causes us to stop. And in the natural, that's perfectly fine. In the natural realm, when it comes to certain things that you have questions about, that's okay. But the doubts and skepticism that we have, don't let the foundation of that be rooted in a lack of movement because it's actually in the moving. It's actually in the steps. It's actually in that, that we experience God's love. This Bible that Queen Steen taught me to pick up and reach for is littered with language of the responsibility being on me. And I wonder for some of us in this room right now, have we not tasted and seen the goodness of God because of lack of movement? Because we didn't take the step, we didn't reach out. There's story after story after story. This woman for 12 years wrestling with this issue of blood and she says to herself, but maybe if I make it to Jesus, I can be healed. She can stay in that place of maybe, or she can take action. She decides to take action. For some of us in this room right now, I honestly believe that it's action that is the answer for you in this season. It's moving closer, even though you decide you, you have something in you that want to pull away. It's moving closer, even though you want to pull away to that core group, to Sunday morning. Don't, don't ever downplay what happens here when it comes to the things that we put on in Sunday morning. We exist to create space for the doubter and the worshiper. Because some of us have been in the place where we've doubted, but for whatever reason, we were able to take a step and it was something that happened on the other side of that step that changed us forever. I'm gonna say this and I'll be done, but I believe the action steps that we take, it's not only for us. It's not only about the doubt and the skepticism that I have, but if we are actually a faith community that's on the move, what would it look like for our city? For us to be a people that don't have it all together, but are on the move. Don't have it all figured out, but are on the move. Don't have all the answers to the questions that can be seemingly deep, but we're on the move. I think things like the foster care system would be that much better. I think things like we see when it comes to our toy shop and blessing communities that don't have the resources for a Thanksgiving or a Christmas would be that much better. I think our neighbors and the places that we attend and when it comes to work and society will be that much better. We aren't a people that know it all, but let's be a people that are on the move. Let's be a people that are taking steps, that are taking steps of action. And because I believe that Bible that Queen Steen told me to reach for, I can see that it's in the moving that God actually draws near to me, that God actually draws near to our city. 
that God will draw near to our nation, that God will draw even nearer to this world. My encouragement for us this morning is that there's two types of people in this room, some that doubt, some that worship, and the word is the same for both of them. I love you, I want you, I equipped you, I called you, now go. Let us pray. Jesus, you have called the doubter and the worshiper. The one who has known you for years and the one yet to know you. The one who knows more about you than many people know in this world and the one who doesn't know anything about you at all. You call the one who has been coming to this church for years and the one who has just come because a friend invited them. The one who is trying to test it out and the one who believes they've got it figured out. The one who knows you closely and has prayer time. And the one who is still trying to send up a prayer knowing, I don't know if I actually believe this. The doubter, the worshiper is here this morning, including myself. I pray God with the doubts that we have, that we hold them as we reach for you. We hold them as we reach for you. We hold them as we reach for you. And as we take steps of action, I have put my faith in knowing you will draw close to us. That you will not leave the doubter or the worshiper hanging. You will not leave the doubter or the worshiper to themselves. So in this moment, for that person in this room, maybe that first step is today. I pray for you now. Maybe you're wondering, I don't know about taking another step because I haven't taken the first step. Maybe that's for, this, for you this morning. The doubts that we have, Jesus, we give them to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The doubts that we have were never intended to stop us from moving closer to the one who created us. And we believe that person is Jesus. Let us all, whatever that step looks like, take that step this morning.